Uncertainty is a dark cloud that hovers over the uncertain. Uncertainty is a product of a bad foundation. Years ago, on a January 2nd, I was in the TV studio producing television commercials for one of the accounts our marketing agency handles. One of the owners of the broadcasting group stopped to speak with me. At the time, a presidential campaign was underway, and the United States was purported to be in the worst economy in 50 years, plunging into a deep recession. The owner asked me what my company intended to do about the coming bad economic times. I explained that I had considered the matter carefully and decided not to participate. He thought that was hilarious, but I wasn't joking. I told him if sales were off 25%, my company will just start earlier and work later, making 25% more presentations. The owner then left to conduct his company's annual meeting with his sales team, where he relayed what I had said. The sales team laughed, but it dawned on the owner right then and there that what I had planned would be exactly what his team would do, too. One year later to the day, I was back in the studio, and the same gentleman came to speak with me. He told me what had transpired after our conversation one year prior, how he had followed my idea and exclaimed that his sales team had their best year ever, as did mine. My company, or better said, God's company, stands on the promises that are out of this world and are impervious to the devil's bluster. Bad and uncertain times are on the horizon, but we need to decide not to participate. Be assured that these bad and uncertain times will grip the hearts of the world's citizenry, but this plight will not be shared by the born again. We have promises. Psalms chapter 1 verse 3, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. Isaiah fifty four sixteen and 17. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Have you yet to be born again? The certainty of the redeemed is not subject to Satan's saber-rattling. No, our certainty sits in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, high and lifted up and in complete control. Will today be the day where you decide to no longer participate in the deadly downward spiral of this carnal world? In just a few moments, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. Today, if you follow from your heart, everything will change for you, and I mean everything. Today, all of your sins and its shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. Today, all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken. Today, you will be born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God, just as Jesus said, John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Here is the prompt I promised. Ready? 
click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, John 10.10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. God said, Revelation 12.13 through 17, And when the dragon saw that he was cast out into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. God said, Second Thessalonians 2, 8-12, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Man said, I love evolution. Because of its great wisdom, I've learned so much. I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I'm here, and I don't know where I'm going. It's marvelous. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, Feature 1086. All of these beautiful features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and to be used as ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. We are honored by your visit. May you continually reside in the secret place of the Most High, where all God's good things are magnified to the max. We know neither the date nor the time of the great taking up of the church to meet Jesus Christ in the clouds. Neither do we know the time of the world-ending battle of Armageddon. We are not given dates, but we are given signs and are commanded to watch. Jesus makes this sobering statement in Mark thirteen thirty-seven, And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. This is the 55th feature in the God Said, Man Said series, 21 Signs of Doomsday, the colossal stacking of events that match bib uh, biblical prophecies of last day signs is truly staggering. It is possible that the grand finale is a long time off, but I think it's even more possible, or should I say probable, that we are on the cusp of or have entered into the final seven years of time. You need to know without equivocation, and I need to know without equivocation, that God is, and that His Word in His Holy Bible is true and righteous altogether. Everything depends upon it, and believe me, that is an understatement. All the forces of hell have been mustered by Lucifer to stand and be counted. 
in this end-of-days global assault against the servants of the cross of Christ. The world's armies meet their terrible and eternal end in the land of Israel at the battle of Armageddon, where the Christ they have maligned, ridiculed, and rejected returns to this earth with all his saints to settle the score. He will not return as the Lamb of God. He will return as the Lion of Judah and destroy the wicked. Today, there is mercy and salvation extended, but at Christ's return, there will be none. Second Thessalonians 2 tells us the spirit that shall possess the masses in the end of days will be a spirit of strong delusion. Because they have refused the Christ of glory, God sends a spirit of strong delusion and they will believe a lie. That spirit is dominating today. One of the greatest, as in ugly, names of blasphemy in the heart of the mother of harlots in Revelation 17 is evolution. This is week three in this short God Said, Man Said series regarding the deadly blasphemy that is evolution. In review, God Said, Man Said discussed numerous subjects in the first two features regarding evolution and its part as one of the high blasphemies of Satan that will play out its assigned role. Bullet points follow. In 1 John, the Apostle John introduced the term Antichrist to the world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. This Christ, whose name is the Word of God, Revelation 19, 13, and this Christ, by whom God created all things, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, is the promised Messiah and Savior of all who will call upon his name. This is Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, and all that deny this royal truth are Antichrist. Revelation twelve thirteen through 17 speaks of Satan, that venomous and deadly dragon, the serpent, that casts water out of his mouth as the flood in his attempt to destroy the children of God. And when the dragon saw that he was cast out into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the face of the serpent." And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You've read of dragon water, death water, which proceeds out of the mouth of the serpent. Now consider John seven thirty eight and 39. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Think of yourself, if you are born again as a water-pumping source, or as a rivulet running down the hillside into the river, before finally flowing to the ocean. Each of us pumps living water, the word of God, which is the word of life. Satan's entourage does the same, but the exact opposite, the 180. The devil's camp is the camp of the Antichrist, and his evolutionary rivulets are the world's university professors, 
the mainstream media, the promoters of pseudoscience, the progressive politicians, the entertainers. All are rivulets of the dragon's deadly water, and their number one enemy is the cross of Jesus Christ. Satan has a very large and inclusive tent where all are welcome, except the truth talkers who declare Jesus is the Christ and the Lord of glory, and it's by him alone that men must be saved, Acts 4, 10 through 12. Evolution is surely one of the premier names of blasphemy found in Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth, Revelation 17, 5. Scientists with serious credentials have been quoted declaring that the theory of evolution has not only not added to scientific research, but also has been proven worthless and much worse, very deadly. A sampling from Feature One. Similarly, Dr. Mark Kirshner, founding chair of the Department of Systems Biology at Harvard Medical School, remarked, In fact, over the last 100 years, almost all of biology has proceeded independent of evolution except evolutionary biology itself. Molecular biology, biochemistry, physiology have not taken evolution into account at all. Some have even suggested that belief in evolution has impeded scientific progress. Herbert Nilsson, who was professor of botany and director of the Swedish Botanical Institute of Lund University, argued, The final result of all my researches and discussions is that the theory of evolution should be discarded in its entirety because it always leads to extreme contradictions and confusing consequences when tested against the empirical results of research. Moreover, my next conclusion is that, far from being a benign natural philosophical school of thought, the theory of evolution is a severe obstacle for biological research. As many examples show, it actually prevents the drawing of logical conclusions from even one set of experimental material, because everything must be bent to fit this speculative theory, and exact biology cannot develop. According to Professor Louis Bonor, former president of the Biological Society of Strasbourg and director of the Strasbourg Zoological Museum, this theory has helped nothing in the progress of science. It is useless. According to Professor De Beer, Haeckel's recapitulation theory had lamentable effects on biological progress, and according to Professor Bletchmith, it set back real scientific embryology a hundred years. A good example of where evolutionary thinking has impeded medical progress is the belief in vestigial organs. The functions of these were not understood for years because they were assumed to be vestigial and a byproduct of our evolutionary history. In the case of the vestigial thymus, it led to the thymuses of children being subjected to radiotherapy with tragic results. For many years, the tonsils were understood to be vestigial and were often removed in childhood, but it is now known that these are part of the immune system. Removing the tonsil results in a fourfold increase in the likelihood of developing Hodgkin's disease, for example. Similarly, the belief in junk DNA has delayed progress in understanding genetics. Surely, if molecules to man evolution were true, we would continuously observe in nature a creative process of immense power, one that would have an enormous impact upon research and development, 
in chemistry, biology, medicine, and agriculture. Instead, in real practical science, it appears to be irrelevant, end of quote. Evolution can produce no good thing. It is forbidden. But the list of its bad and deadly fruits are long indeed. The following two paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Evolutionist Hear Footprints. Today's God of academia is evolution, which is the spirit of blasphemy, designed by Satan to replace God. Satan has succeeded in the hearts of millions. The theory of evolution is given top billing in academic literature and textbooks, in mainstream media, in the entertainment industry, and in politics, and to the total exclusion of its only real opponent, the God of the Bible, and his Christ. Evolution's champions speak often and speak with a bold authority that they do not own. When their positions are challenged, they readily collapse. None of their positions hold under critical scrutiny simply because their positions are not true. Evolution, the theory of blasphemy, is a forbidden fruit hanging from the tree to make one wise. It is an abomination of deep proportions. Its godless, hedonistic spirit is the promoter of gross perversion of all kinds, including the world's number one promoter of racism and white supremacy. Those that bowed at evolution's throne would include Karl Marx, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, and the mother of death herself, Margaret Sanger, along with her abortion revolution designed to control the proliferation of the undesirable people. How did the cancel culture miss it? Where are all the indignant protesters? End of quote. When the devil appeared to a young immigrant seeking fame and wealth in the dark world of the occult, he cautioned the young man that nothing good could be done with the new great wealth. The young man could lavish upon himself all the pleasures of life, but something good such as feeding orphans and widows was forbidden. Satan's M.O. is to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan's antichrist spirit of evolution can no more do good than darkness can become light. It is forbidden. A major last-day sign of doomsday is a spirit of strong delusion. The world's masses will hypnotically embrace the most bizarre lies and distortions dressed up and hidden in pseudoscientific words. Imagine believing that there was a big bang, and out of nothingness, all the marvels of the earth and its amazing life forms, the universe itself, all evolved, nothing to everything. They have been taught that their first cousin is a mushroom, their second cousin is a banana, and their father is a monkey. There's a mystery afoot. How did the whale, a mammal, get back into the sea? Evolution proposes to solve this mystery by claiming that the water buffalo, he simply hung around the water so much that he evolved into a whale. Surely that answer is satisfying to the analytic mind, don't you think? Satan, the little G-O-D of this earth, knows that all things are made out of words, and he knows that he must control the dialogue. Today, the God of creation and Jesus Christ, by whom he created all things, including the 6,000-year-old earth and its universe uh, we inhabit, are banned from the world's universities, textbooks, public forums, mainstream media, the entertainment industry, and more. Satan forbids the light to shine. To the beguiled, Jesus Christ is offensive 
and must not be permitted in the discourse of an enlightened and polite society. There are thousands and thousands of quotes made by scientists with serious credentials who don't subscribe to Darwinian evolution. In last week's feature, God said, men said, printed just a handful. Satan's mainstream media sources have blacklisted this information. It is forbidden. The absurdity of evolutionary theory is truly staggering. It's even breathtaking that such total confusion and vacuous thinking could ever have gained any traction at all, but lo, it fills the whole earth. We have selected a handful of statistical calculations and observations by various disciplines of science that clarify the empty suit known as evolution. The following quotes are lifted from W.R. Bird's 1,000-plus page work titled, The Origin of Species Revisited. Keep in mind as you peruse the following excerpts that one of the most daunting hurdles for evolution is answering where all of the information, the instructions, the blueprints, the digital coding to build all of the astounding and varied living organisms could have come from. W.R. Bird writes, The least complex single-celled organism, like Paramecium, has information content comparable to about a hundred million pages of the Encyclopedia Britannica, according to Carl Sagan. The mathematical probability of occurrence of complex organism is terribly low for biological evolution and higher for a biological abrupt appearance. Schutzenberger of the University of Paris, uh, Paris excuse me, at a conference on mathematical challenges to the Neo-Darwinian interpretation of evolution, concluded that the probability of evolution by mutation and natural selection is not conceivable. We believe that it is not conceivable. In fact, if we try to simulate such a situation by making changes randomly at the typographical level on computer programs, we find that we have no chance, i.e. less than 1 in 10 to the 1,000th power, even to see what the modified program would compute. It just jams. Thus, to conclude, we believe that there is a considerable gap in the Neo-Darwinian theory of evolution, and we believe this gap to be of such a nature that it cannot be bridged within the current conception of biology. Ambrose of the University of London also finds that for the emergence of new species, the probability is so small in terms of the known age of the universe that it is effectively zero. Genetic limits involve an interplay of the scope and the frequency of viable mutations. The frequency of viable mutations is extremely low, both for point mutations and for other mutations. The extreme infrequency of point mutations in DNA copying is summarized by Erwin and Valentine of the University of California, Santa Barbara. Viable mutations with major morphological or physiological effects are exceedingly rare and usually infertile. The chance of two identical rare mutant individuals arising in sufficient propinquity to produce offspring seems too small to consider as a significant evolutionary event. Hoyle concurs. However, in actual cells, the mistakes made when DNA is copied are far fewer than this, and mistakes like point mutations occur on average only once in each complete copying of the whole 200,000 chains. 
So instead of throwing up large numbers of natural mutations for natural selection to act upon, the copying of DNA seems to be remarkably accurate, not very helpful to the modern form of the Darwinian theory. Most of those mutations are harmful. The frequency of non-harmful mutations has been estimated in 1 in 1,000 by Ambrose, Huxley, and Kendrew. That figure is much higher than the frequency of favorable mutations. The more extreme in frequency of multiple mutations that are necessary to improve a structure or feature is described by Ambrose. The frequency with which a single non-harmful mutation is known to occur is about one in a thousand. The probability that two favorable mutations would occur is one in 10 to the third power times 10 to the third power, one in a million. Studies of Drosophila, a small fruit fly, have revealed that large numbers of genes are involved in the formation of the separate structural elements. There may be 30 to 40 involved in a single wing structure. It is most unlikely that fewer than five genes could ever be involved in the formation of even the simplest new structure previously unknown in the organism. The probability now becomes one in 1,000 million million. We already know that mutations in living cells appear once in 10 million to once in 100,000 million. It is evident that the probability of five favorable mutations occurring within a single life cycle of an organism is effectively zero. Complex molecules that are essential to particular organisms often have such a vast information content as to make the theory of abrupt appearance more probable and to make the theory of evolution effectively impossible. One example is the information content of essential enzymes, which is uniquely vast, excuse me, which is unimaginably vast, according to famous astronomer Hoyle, a formerly a professor at Cambridge and director of its Institute of Theoretical Astronomy, and mathematician astronomer Wick Ramsinghe. The essence of his argument last week was that the information content of the higher forms of life is represented by the number of 10 to the 47th power, excuse me, 40,000th power, representing the specificity with which some 2,000 genes, each of which might be chosen from 10 to the 20th power of nucleotide sequences of the appropriate length, might be defined. Evolutionary processes would, Hoyle said, require several Hubble times, each Hubble time is the time since the postulated Big Bang, to yield such a result. The chance that higher life forms might have emerged in this way is comparable with the chance that a tornado sweeping through a junkyard might assemble a Boeing 747 from the materials therein. The information content of the DNA-RNA coding system of higher organisms is even more vast, Denton states. To the skeptic, the proposition that the genetic programs of higher organisms consisting of something close to a thousand million bits of information, equivalent to the sequence of letters in a small library of 1,000 volumes, containing in encoded form countless thousands of intricate algorithms, controlling, specifying, and ordering the growth and development of billions and billions of cells into the form of a complex organism, were composed by a purely random process is simply an affront to reason. But to the Darwinists, the idea is accepted without a ripple of doubt. The paradigm takes precedence, end quote. 
In the book that their words may be used against them, Dr. H.M. Morse quotes Sir Fred Hoyle and Chandra Wickram singing in their book Evolution from Space. No matter how large the environment one considers, life cannot have had a random beginning. Troops of monkeys thundering away at random on typewriters could not produce the works of Shakespeare for the practical reason that the whole observable universe is not large enough to contain the necessary monkey hordes, the necessary typewriters, and certainly not the waste paper baskets required for the deposition of wrong attempts. The same is true for living material. The likelihood of spontaneous formation of life from inanimate matter is one to a number with 40,000 knots after it. It is big enough to bury Darwin and the whole theory of evolution. There was no primeval soup, neither on this planet nor on any other, and if the beginnings of life were not random, they must therefore have been the product of purposeful intelligence. End of quote. Author Dr. Grant Jeffrey published the following in his book, Creation, Remarkable Evidence of God's Design. With today's population of approximately 6.3 billion, with one DNA molecule for each person, the genetic blueprint for every human on earth could now fit into one aspirin tablet. What are the odds that such an enormously complicated genetic code as DNA could have been formed by chance rather than by the purposeful, purposeful creation by a divine, supernatural, intelligent God? Dr. George Howe, a botanist and biologist, has calculated the probability that the complex genetic information encoded within the DNA molecule could have been produced by chance over long periods of time. The chance that, that useful DNA molecules would develop without a designer are approximately zero. Then let me conclude by asking which came first, the DNA, which is essential for the synthesis of proteins, or the protein enzyme, DNA polymerase, without which DNA synthesis is nil. There is virtually no chance that chemical letters would spontaneously produce coherent DNA and protein words, end of quote. Finally, Jeffrey writes, Harold J. Urey, a winner of the Nobel Prize for Chemistry, declared that many scientists now admit to the impossibility of evolution and that random mutations could never account for the remarkable biological diversity that characterizes life on Earth. However, he also admitted that evolution was generally accepted by modern scientists as an article of faith, as a kind of religious belief system, rather than as a result of a logical analysis of scientific facts. In confirmation of the actual religious nature of many scientists' acceptance of evolution, Professor Yuri said, all of us who study the origin of life find that the more we look into it, the more we feel it is too complex to have evolved everywhere. And yet we all believe as an article of faith that life evolved from dead matter on this planet. It is just that its complexity is so great that it's hard for us to imagine that it did. Another Nobel Prize winner, Ernst Chain, wrote about the failure of Darwin's theory of evolution to postulate that the development and survival of the fittest is entirely a consequence of chance mutations seems to me a hypothesis based on no evidence and irreconcilable with the facts. 
These classical evolutionary theories are a gross oversimplification of an immensely complex and intricate mass of facts, and it amazes me that they are swallowed so uncritically and readily and for such a long time by so many scientists without a murmur of protest, end of quote. The high blasphemy of evolution is not built upon facts at all. By their own admission, it is built on nothing. Evolution is the religion of unbelief, of antichrist, of anti-faith. It is the spirit of strong delusion. It is the deceivableness of unrighteousness. The absurdity of it all, the unimaginable odds against its lame theories are entirely insurmountable, but they soldier on. The world is gripped by the deadly end-day spirit of strong delusion. The spirit of strong delusion is here and rules the hearts of the damned. Evolution is the devil's brew, and they can do no good thing. It is forbidden. Doomsday approaches quickly. The end of time is knock, knock, knocking at the door. If you ever ran the race, it's time to run it now. Click on the further with Jesus for instructions. Prepare to meet your God. God said, John 10.10, The thief cometh not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. God said, Revelation 12.13-17, through 17. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which, was brought, which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. God said, Second Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Man said, I love evolution. Because of its great wisdom, I've learned so much. I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I'm here. And I don't know where I'm going. It's marvelous. Now you have the record. <laughs>